Hello, everybody. Good morning. How are you? It's foggy out. Be safe. It's Monday. Be positive. Don't get down on yourself. Try your best to put a smile on your face. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show. And joining me for the final time as a member of ESPN 1420 is the host of The Word with G. Is the um, co-star of Ocean's Eight? Is Packers fan Greg Larnard? Good morning, Scott. He's up early. Now this was planned long before we knew that the Packers were going to lose, but he was hoping he'd come in here and guns a blazing, strut in, acting cool like Aaron Rodgers. Loving the fact that the Packers are going to the Super Bowl, but that didn't happen. Rodgers is now and he's kind of entering some of that McNabb, except he's got a Super Bowl. That's the difference. But a lot of championship games, not a lot of Super Bowl appearances. That was a that was fun fact. I was disappointed. Fun fact: Aaron Rodgers has only made the Super Bowl and won an NFC Championship game when yours truly is in the stands. Is that right? That is right. So it's your fault. It's basically, no, it's it's the Packers' fault because they haven't flown me out to the various cities in which they played over the last five it's a, times. I like the spin. I like the spin. That's yeah. good. They, the, the only time they went to the Super Bowl, they won it, but they were six seed. Yeah. Here you are, and they had a ton of injuries. Here you are as the one seed. And um, I... There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. There, we're gonna we're gonna look. We're gonna break down Championship Sunday, Poirier's knockout of Conor McGregor, which became a meme Saturday night, which was great. Matthew Stafford rumors. UL hoops getting the sweep on both fronts, men and women. Shout out to them. We got a lot to get into. We're gonna have open phone lines at two six nine ten seventy seven. We got to start with the Packers Buccaneers game, and. Cool, yay, the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl and in Tampa. Oh, yeah, great. Yay. Oh, Tom Brady, yeah, okay, great. I haven't seen this one before. Yay. I'll say this. I mean, Brady Brady played fine. He's not playing lights. He's, he's playing fine. Tampa Bay's defense is the story. Lights up. Tampa Bay's defense, I, I don't – I I just watched the games the last two weeks and I feel like I need to hit the ice bath. I mean, they hit so hard. How is Vita Vey even out there? Didn't his leg, didn't his ankle break in like twelve places two months ago? He was put on IR and all the reports are oh, he's done. He's back and he played like like a ton yesterday. He did. Um the Packers were missing back the area in a big way. I mean, the the, the Bucks were getting in the backfield a lot, but I, I felt like the biggest play of the game. There were a lot of them. Um, not Lafleur's field goal, though. Most hated it in the moment, including me. It was, it was, it was dumb. See, I did not. It was dumb. I not the, I didn't hate not it. the 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 bad call late when you call the game a certain way the whole time. Don't change your mind, refs. That was big. But I thought the biggest moment was just before the half. I said to myself, I think the Packers just lost the game because you have a sequence there where it looks like Tampa's going to punt. Then they're like, well, only 13 seconds left here. It's fourth down. Let's go for it. You know, just past midfield. If we don't get it, 
maybe they'll be able to attempt a long field goal. But we we feel good about our defense's plan, so let's just go for it. Maybe we get a field goal. They get a they get a touchdown two plays later when there's what six seconds left in the half. Eight. Eight. They don't have any timeouts. So None. all you have to do is not let them get a touchdown. That's it. And they just they Scotty Miller gets behind them. It was that to me was the biggest play of the game. Changed everything at halftime. Put the Packers in much more of a catch up defense mode. We, you know, we, now we've only got 30 minutes. We're playing the clock. I thought it was the biggest, biggest play of the game. Now it didn't happen in the closing moment, so it won't get as much discussion. But that was the most inexcusable part of the game. And I thought that was what really was the biggest difference because it allowed Tampa to continue to play the game at their pace, at their style. It was just, I, I, I can't imagine. If that was my team, I would have just been, in that moment, I don't know. I probably would have thrown up everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that Did was uh, that was pretty bad. No, I, uh, I, I had some choice words. And throughout that whole game, I don't know if it's just early in the morning or if you can tell that my voice is a little bit not what it usually is. Hopefully by later it'll have the gusto that it normally does. But <laughs> I was yelling and screaming, uh, I think, at the top of my lungs multiple occasions in that game. And not always for the best reasons. And you nailed it on the head with the biggest play in that game, and it was a two-part sequence right before the half. And and Matt LaFleur threw Ke- Mike Pettin right up under the bus after the game, saying we can't be playing that coverage in that, that instance. And he's absolutely right. I love that he did that because you have to hold your defensive uh, coordinator accountable for clearly making the wrong call. It was a call that, what, got a guy fired in New York with Greg Williams? It was a similar type of call that got him fired in in, in New York, and it's probably going to get Mike Pettin fired as well, if I had to be completely honest. I think they're probably done with Mike Pettin. That was probably the straw that broke the camel's back. He's probably going to be out of there. And then you go into halftime, and you come out of the locker room. You go two plays, third down play, third and four, short pass to Aaron Jones, bam, fumble, Turn it over, next play touchdown. It's That's just 14 points right there. Right, right there, man. I mean, Green Bay, Tampa is – the defense is creating some of this, but this isn't a knock on Tampa. This is true of every team that's ever reached the Super Bowl. You got to be good. Tampa's good, especially their defense. And you got to you gotta have the ball bounce your way. You got to have some good fortune. There is some luck involved. Not to take away from – and look, when the Super Bowl years ago, the, the ball bounced their way, there was some luck involved in some of those games. Yep. That happens. Boy, Tampa has – it's really set up nice for them. And whenever you're up, what, 28-10? to 10? And and uh, what was the score after the, the turnover? It was 28-10. I mean, you've, you're have you in the driver's seat. Then. Yeah. And then late in the game, I, I don't know how – I, I – you, you I mean you love Aaron Rodgers, right? You think he's the best? Oh, you know me. You think he's the best in the world? Well, I mean, he's not the football. He's clearly not the best because why wouldn't can't you? Win. Why wouldn't you let him try to score a touchdown late, fourth and goal? <clears throat> because either way, Greg, you got to get a stop, no matter what. Whether you get it, whether you don't get it, you've got to get a stop, and that doesn't change. So you go from needing a touchdown to needing a touchdown, and you're giving the ball back to Brady. I don't get it at all. Here's here was my rationale on it and why I don't I didn't hate it as much as the internet hated it at, in that moment was that okay you, you know you go you don't go for it on fourth down it's fourth and eight you don't they literally didn't do anything on downs if Aaron had run it for say five yards there on third and eight 
or, uh, yeah, third and goal at, at the eight, they probably go for it on fourth down. But the offense was giving you no indication that they were moving the football, didn't have any good plays called. So you, you don't trust your boy goal. Aaron Rodgers in that moment. At that moment, no. <laughs> Kick the field goal. Oh my god. Kick the field goal. I don't I don't get I just I'll never So look, look, look. Okay, I'll never hold on. It. Let me let me explain it. All right. So no, and that's not that I don't trust Aaron Rodgers, but I understand the decision by Matt LaFleur. I obviously I would have liked to have him have a chance there on fourth down to uh to, to try something different. And he even said after the game, he's like, Look, if I would have known that we were gonna kick it on fourth down, you know, Matt LaFleur gave me the option to call the play in the huddle there based on what I saw, I might have called a different play. So you kick the field goal. And you make it a five-point game. Let me, let me. I'm not. I don't want to cut you off. I just want to, on that one point you had, isn't. So it's fair to at least assume that Rodgers was under the assumption. Oh, like everyone else. Absolutely. Look, I mean, we're unless I take a sack here. I mean, we're going yeah, for it. Yeah. So everybody, basically everyone except Lafleur, probably assumed we're going for Matt, it. So that's 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 bad, right? Matt there. should have in the headset told him, "Hey, look, call your play. But if we get no yardage on this play." We're kicking it on fourth well, down. He probably didn't know yet. He's just looking at a chart. Damn I know. Chart. That's stupid. I know. Don't look at the chart. No, you got to have a feel for the game right there. And it kind of was shades of Mike McCarthy from the past. <laughs> Mr. Conservative. But I understand. Let me rationale it like this. So you kick the field goal, you're down five. If you if you go for it and you make it, obviously, you know, it's Tom Brady. You got more than two minutes. He's probably going to go down there and push the football down the field and make a play, and they're going to get in the field goal range, and they're probably going to kick it and win. Obviously, you want to take that chance if you if you get there. You want to tie the football game. But anyway, you, you you force them into an offense where they're probably going to be running it a lot. You take your timeouts. You stop them. Okay, Aaron gets the ball back with a chance to win the game now. He can't win the game right there. Tom can win the game on the way back. That's the way I rationalized it. Aaron He's like, need, I'm going to set need, it up. Aaron, Aaron needs help to win the football game. To win the game. All Tom needs is a first down. Yeah, And, you know... Dumb play by the returner for Tampa Bay. I couldn't believe oh my, it. That was terrible. I was like, all, oh, I was like, oh, it's a short <laughs> kick. Just run until you get to two, and then he just slid. I'm like, well, that's probably what the. I assume that's what the coaching staff told him to do. But they thought he was going to run it a little bit farther, get past they probably the two minutes. Just said, hey, clock and don't fumble, and then he just like, oh, let me just slide real. Yeah. Fast. Like, oh my god, but it, it didn't matter, and no. and you knew, and you have to know that. The, the Bucks are throwing it on that first down because they're like, no matter what, the clock's stopping, so let's take advantage of the open playbook here. They get nine. They give them the first after that, and then they it's... take a penalty. And then it's, okay, got to stop them. And, uh, and then you have... And the, they did. They did stop them. And you have the, 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 the bad flag there, which... I saw, you know, Bruner and others saying, oh, no, Saints fans feel... No, you don't. No, All right, it was, no, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't. All right, we'll move on from that. I'm glad you're not trying to go no, there. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not going to go not, there. It, it was, was that, not, not it that was egregious. It was not like that. Now, it was. It, it, it was. It. What was asked nine about it is that when you're calling a game a certain way all game, and then in the in the moment you're going to change it up when it's not. Look, if it's quote clear and obvious, yes. Which who knows what that means? At we this point. we know exactly what that <laughs> means. When, yeah, I threw myself at his helmet. <laughs> And absolutely, yeah. How is that with them. not a flag? That's and then what happened yesterday? Whatever, a flag. whatever. You're not doing it, and like, and if when you slow it down and you you pause it, and you're like, oh look, oh, yeah. see this. Go back and watch it in the moment. I mean, that's not that's a sell job. That's a flop, and that's they should probably punt it. But you put yourself in that position, yep. and mm-hmm. um, I just I think you you have to go for it there when you have Aaron. Rod- Maybe he doesn't get it. 
but you still got to get the stop. At that point, you're thinking you probably you don't even, you're not even thinking we're also going to have the two minute warning. You didn't know that Tampa was going to give it to you. You're like, we'll probably just have three timeouts. They're backed up here. Let's and and if we do stop them, they're going to be punting from out of their own end zone. Um, you know, if we kick it off, yeah, a touchdown wins it, but we're you know that's a difference in maybe twenty to twenty five yards. Jay says uh, Lafleur is a dumbass for not going for it on fourth and goal. He says I thought Rogers was a god. No, I don't think he was a dumbass for doing that. In the moment, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. He probably just could have communicated. You know what he was thinking. You know what he was thinking. He's just. I feel. I feel like the moment was was probably a little too big for him. But he was just thinking. I just want to get points. But in terms of the way, and I that, want to give my guy an opportunity to win the football game. In terms of the way, he has trust in his defense. You want to give your guy an opportunity to win the football game. I get it. I get it. Give him an opportunity with the score. There, you got to get a stop, no matter what. No matter what, in any scenario. Go get it when you're eight you yards what, away with you with know what I was happy about quarterback is that know, one of the best quarterbacks in the world is what what I was happy about was that this game could have clearly gotten out of hand like we'd seen many other games in Matt LaFleur's career so far coaching wise big moments games getting out of hand whether it be the San Francisco game last year in the regular season or in the postseason the Tampa Bay game this this year could have been the same thing this year would you feel better today if they had lost by 20 instead of, you know, having a... a I'd a, feel worse today if they lost by 20. See, no. I, I, I'd I, feel much better that it was a close game and that we. I would much rather be in this scenario get, than we were last year. I don't get you, G. I don't get it. I swear, I'd, be, I'd be sick if what happened at the end of the first half and the, the weak decision to kick a field goal and uh, the refs deciding suddenly that they were going to call something they hadn't called all game, that would make me feel so much more sick if all that happened and I missed the Super Bowl as opposed to, look, we just got beat by, you know, we just got beat straight up, up and down the field. No. I, I see growth with this you, team. I see growth with this coaching and staff. Aaron Rodgers? Because he's, he's insinuating. He's like, I got to assess I my future. I know. Well, he's 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 forward thinking. He's, he's very emotional right now. He said, hey, look, I got to take some time away. I got to clear my head. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. You are you are a t- bro. I mean, that's a compliment and an insult. I guess. in the moment, I will say this, and I, I wanted to. How, I don't know how you're so chippy today. I'll get man. Should, look, G's G's excited about the next step in his journey. He's glad he didn't have to see my mug anymore. <laughs> feeling good this morning. No, no, not not. I mean, in that instance, yes, I'm feeling good. But at the same time, I'm just trying to rationalize. And, and I think as a fan, look, we can get. As you've seen, the emotional Saints fan videos, you know it because you're a big Saints fan. Everybody listening knows it because they're big fans of whatever team they're fans of. It's very easy to get emotional. I'm not. I'm going to be very honest with you. I went on a curse-laden rant at my TV at the top of my lungs when that call was made. And then I couldn't watch the rest of the game. I went over to my kitchen table. I slammed my hand against the wall. I put my head down on the kitchen table. And then when the game was finally over, they got that last first down. I swear to you, I laid on my kitchen floor for about two minutes, feeling like I just got shot. Well, that's that's normal, but the fact yes. that you just like but got now up I'm from I'm the just trying to like, I'm know. trying to rationalize it. I'm not trying to continue to permeate those negative thoughts that I've had in that moment. That's, but it usually takes a while for someone to do that, especially it's a regular season game. You're like, okay, you know what? Take Monday to wash it. We're on to we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to whoever is next. <laughs> But when it's the Super Bowl, man, I... 
Oh no, trust me, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah, I, I think it makes it hurt less if I try to rationalize it in a more positive way. That's yeah. the way I'm looking at it. Here's, uh, That's the growth that I've made over these last couple of years. Here's your boy after the game. Talk to me, audience. Yeah, but that was a good question. I, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns going into this offseason now. I'm going to have to take some time away for sure and, and clear my head and just kind of see what's going on with everything. But it's, uh, it's pretty tough right now. That's why it's a gutting feeling in your stomach. Uh. It's a gutting feeling because he just he doesn't know how many more opportunities he's going to have with the Packers in in the late stage of of his career to get back there. He's thirty seven. Yeah, which I don't know if it's I, it, Brady probably has something to do with it, and then Breeze to a to a much lesser extent. But the fact that these guys were playing well into their forties, and Brady's about to go to another Super Bowl, mm-hmm. hey hum, yay, good for him. There's like this idea that, oh, well, now now a lot of guys will be able to do it. And if you're a quarterback with today, you can't extend your career. But Aaron Rodgers and what makes him great in his style of play is very different than Brady's. You know what I mean? Like it seems like if if old man time is coming to, to, to catch up with you at some point, if you're a, an elite quarterback and Rodgers is, is one of the best ever, as is Brady, as is Brady for that matter. Yeah. Of course, but like the what makes Rogers great? Wouldn't you agree that that would be harder to carry into your forties than Brady, who is playing good now? I wouldn't even say he's playing great, but he's he's playing good and he's, he's in the right situation. Yeah. And and I wouldn't say he's playing elite. I would say Rogers. Oh no, this season no, no. maybe not yesterday, but a lot of the season he played elite. Mm-hmm. But he, it's he like outplayed Tom Brady yesterday. 30, 30, 37 years old. How much? I mean, at what point does do you start? Because you haven't seen any. I don't. You have not seen any kind of backstep physically yet for Aaron Rodgers. Is that coming soon, or well, or, or do you feel good like this is going to continue for another few years? I think his game has changed from his big time prime. See, I've seen a little step back in his game. It's not from a passing standpoint. I think he's been reinvigorated from with this new offense, this new scheme where he doesn't have to throw guys open where he had to la- you know in in the previous regime with Mike McCarthy. He he's getting a lot more help in that instance, but I've also seen him slow down physically and that's that's father time. You know, he can't get away from pass rushes the way that he did before and he I think that duress a lot yesterday. He was. He was and and obviously they have a great defensive front. The front seven is awesome for Tampa Bay. You said it perfectly that when you watch Tampa Bay play, you feel it yourself. Their you know? defense deserve. I I understand why Brady's the focus. Ton of credit. I understand why he's the focus because it's the easy story. It's yeah. It's the I, I get it. But Tampa Bay's defense is the biggest reason they're in this position. You right you now. mentioned you mentioned the touchdown at the end of the half, and then I mentioned the 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 uh, the, the touchdown the after the turn after yeah. the turnover. But you can go back and you can look at two of the three Brady picks in which the Packers went immediately three and out because Gosh, the defense went that, right that, after him. I'm glad you brought that up, G. It's ESPN 1420.com. Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prater. The Greg Larnard, who's with us for a few more days before he moves off to a new journey, um, joining me this morning. I, you can't come away with nothing after two picks. Nothing. I mean, they didn't even get a field goal, which can't we know LaFleur loves, and apparently so does Sean McDermott, his favorite. Let's just kick three here 
You can't. And why? Alexander's great DB. He was barely on Evans or Godwin the whole game. Why is that? It just feels like he's more comfortable on on one side than the other. I think in certain circumstances, I was watching him a lot because I was curious as to way, okay, how are they going to play him? It almost seemed like they kept him on the left side and it was like, hey, look, let's let's take away Gronk, okay, or whomever's on that left side. But then a couple of certain instances, I saw him travel. I saw him go to the right side. On Evans, on Godwin, but not much. Is that no, no, just no, not me? a ton. I felt no, like no, he was not a barely ton. on. Like they're clearly their two best options. Not a ton. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. In that instance, it just seemed like, hey, we're gonna su- shut down one side, and that's that. Kevin King, atrocious. He had a back injury in the middle of the week. I don't know if he was hurting out there yesterday, but he was a step slow, and it was it was just not fun to watch him get beat over and over and over and over again. I would almost rather have them take the 45-year-old Tremont Williams off the bench and put him in the football game. I'm sorry, bro. I mean, as as uh, you know, I, I know you I'm do. Not, I'm, I know not you a, do. I'm not a, quote, Packers fan, but I'm a... And you're also not Norm, I mean, who is just... I'm a Greg Larnard fan. ...trolling all over the place, although his Cowboys can't make the playoffs. Y'all all, y'all all just fall victim to... Norm's trolling. I know. I don't say gonna, nothing. He thought he was going to come in here last Thursday and like I was going to, you know, he was going to like bring me down. And he he came in with a smile and he walked out with just like this scowl on his face. He was just like, you got it. You got to know the game. I get it. I don't. Know. I don't respond gotta, to him. Got to know. Got to know the game. I, I see him, but I don't. I don't respond to him. Let me put all my chips on a table for everybody who likes a team because the odds of them winning a Super Bowl are slim. So I'll talk trash all year about when they finally lose and when they do, I'm going to get their mentions and you're going to be upset. And yeah, my team sucks, but so what? Look at this. <laughs> Twenty three after the hour of seven o'clock. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. All right, phone lines are open at two six nine ten seventy seven two six nine one zero seven seven. Before we go to the phone lines, I'll say this about Rogers' comments after the game about myself included, uncertain future. I think, look, Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere, okay? That's not going to happen. I think he was so disappointed by the team's draft last year, not just because, you know, they took a quarterback in the first round when Rodgers still has multiple years left on his contract and is probably going to be MVP of the league this year. Um, I think it's, let me put a little pressure on management here to get me some more toys on this side of the ball to, to, to help me out specifically. Yes, me first. Maybe not what you think is best for the team. And I'm not saying that to, to, to dig on him. But I think this is, let me put a little pressure on management to let them know how unhappy I was. And no, I'm not the, I'm not the scout. I'm not the GM. But I don't make the draft picks. But don't screw this up. I think that's what that's about. I think I think there is part of that, and and I think it's also the defensive side of the football as well, because he looks at a guy like Tom Brady, and you're right, offense. He can probably look at both sides. He looks across the the field and he sees, man, Tom's got all of these offensive weapons, like you just alluded to, and then he can go out there and throw three picks, and he's going to the Super Bowl because he's got a world class type of defense. Now the secondary isn't great, and the one thing that I was a little disappointed about was in that second half after Isaiah Whitehead got went out of the game with a shoulder injury, they've got two backup safeties in that football game. And it didn't feel like they took advantage of it at all. They didn't have time to take advantage of it. Tampa Bay's front They didn't seven, run man. the football, they couldn't run the football. That's the problem is that when you can't achieve balance, you become one-sided 
And if you're not getting the ball out of your hands very quickly, that defensive line is going to get through and they're going to they're hit you. Especially when you're down 28 10. Hey, look, look, and that's, and, and again, I'm trying to look at it from a positive light right now because it helps me feel better personally, me, all about me, you know, me, that they did not fold up their tent like they did last year. They were able to make this oh, no. a game. I, I, so I'm God seeing growth. I don't know, I don't know I'm how seeing you do growth it. within this within this franchise. You sound like a coach, man. I'm just trying to look at it as a positive, rational fan. Look, oh. I, I, I am probably in the. I know I'm in the minority here, but I would rather lose. If I'm going to lose a football game, I'd rather lose it like that than lose it with a blowout. That makes one of us. Because ESPN at least it gives me an opportunity to win. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I've got an opportunity to win. If I get my ass kicked, I have no ap- opportunity to win. And I don't easier. feel any way. It's easier, anyway. it's easier to move on and accept the fact that, you know, it wasn't just one play. It wasn't just this. It wasn't just all hanging. But if this one thing went different. All right. I feel better about where my team is today than Two, I did this six, time last nine, year when 10, they lost. 77. I'll if tell I, you well, that. Hey, whatever you need to do to make yourself feel That's better. That's what I'm saying. Whatever, whatever, whatever works for you, Haas. 26 after the hour. Lines are lit up. 269-1077. Let's head to the phone lines. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. It feels like it feels like G's trying to walk away from the edge of a building and not jump off of it. And Scott, it feels like you're behind him, just pushing him with his feet dragging, going, jump, jump. Stop being so optimistic. Jump. <laughs> because because this dude's over here trying to like save his life and you're like, no, dude, it's not worth it. Just jump. But anyway, uh, you're I absolutely right. Man, I, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm not I trying to like push him off a building. He's I'm just, trying to push me out of here. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm trying to like. I mean, it's just literally it's just crazy. It's like, bro, there's. It's, it, it, can someone be too optimistic? And I've always admired Greg's. I mean that. That's not even a. That's the. This has nothing to do with the show. But this now I'm starting to actually worry about it. This is too much. This is too much. <laughs> I feel I good. I feel good about where my team is. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel better about where my team is this year than I did this time last year. It was good that. about going home when they had the Super Bowl we right were home, there so in we didn't front of them. First time ever in an NFC Championship game with Aaron Rodgers there at home, and they still couldn't get it. Just need G in the building. I told you. So, that's all it is. So so what I, what, I, what I was calling for was I noticed Tampa Bay scored 14 points off of turnovers. Green Bay didn't score anything off those three picks, did they? We did. We scored one touchdown. Okay, and then so the other right. two, so as that, we were just I, talking about, they went three and out, yeah. which is which is just awful. You can't do it, man. You can't I, do it. And that's and I think that's what I think that's the issue. You know, like I, I, I'm I'm already sick of it, and it's not because of the reasons most people will be, but I'm already sick of the Tom Brady talk because people are like the goat. He did it again, and I'm like, dude, the dude threw three picks, and the other team only got seven points off of it, and his defense forced three and outs. He didn't do that. He threw three picks. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he, he played, had the he played, greatest he played, game of he his career. He played fine. He, the, the throw he made to Miller was amazing, but you can't – I mean, how many defensive coordinators are going to run that in that situation? You know, it's like you can you can give him some credit. It's all right. But, but uh, you know, it's it's the defense is the story in, in, my, in, my, uh, in my mind as far as Tampa Bay goes. 100, 130%. And that's the reason why I, every time I see these, these narratives, it just drives me insane because it's like, have you seen Tampa's defense? Do you see Devin White? Like, these guys are winning Josh, the game. Josh, at least it, it, listen, listen, that listen, it. listen. If, if, if it was the Saints and it played out the same way, it would be about Breeze, even if it was really the Saints' defense being number one. I mean, that's just how it is. It's 
It's quarterbacks. It's Tom freaking Brady. So, of course, that's going to be the number one story, and the defense is going to get overlooked. But you can't – it can bother you, but you got to expect it. I mean, it's – unless it was a team with a, a, quote, game manager at quarterback that's been that the majority of their career, whether they're that now or not is irrelevant, then the, the focus is always going to be on the QB, especially when it's like, you know, a guy that's that's has a resume like Tom Brady's. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. And uh, and one last point and a question. Uh, my last point is, uh, Greg, I, I don't normally side with Scott on things when it comes to stuff like this, but if the Saints would have lost by 28 points to Tampa Bay, I'd have been bummed, but I'd have been able to quit watching at halftime and move on with my life. With them losing by 10 while still giving up, like, what, 1,000 turnovers and losing by that little of a margin hurt a lot worse than if they'd have just got blown out. So for me... If the Saints would have lost to the Rams by 24 points by you know in that game instead of that play, I'd have felt a whole lot better because then I'd have known there was nothing that I could have done. I mean, nothing they could have done to win that game. It was just done. But to be that close and because your coach calls that call and Aaron Rodgers it's needs not to be on, on a scramble on that final drive, it's awful. I, I, I couldn't have done it, man. It would, it would, it would eat right. me alive right, right. now. Josh so is I, telling I, you to jump. Push. That's wrong. Come on, Josh. So now you're pushing yeah, me too. you're trying to push him off the, the, the edge. <laughs> The ledge. All right. Get in line. Appreciate, Scott's first. Last, Appreciate last, the call. All right, last, go, go ahead and make a point, Josh. Go ahead wrap, wrap it up. Oh, oh my, my question, my question. What do you all think is the percentage chance of Matthew Stafford being a saint? I'll hang up. Well, let me let me just say this real quick before you go, and I'll let you, you talk about the saints. But, you know, it, I don't want to make it seem like I wasn't absolutely devastated in the moment. Like I said, I spent two hours on my – two two hours, two minutes on my back in my kitchen – just sitting there and just like, what in the hell is going on? And just absolutely devastated. And in that moment, yes, it hurts a lot more than it did last year when we got our ass kicked. But as I mentioned, I can see growth with this team. And again, we are getting super, super close. And as Aaron said, as you said, you make that ploy to the front office to say, hey, look, get me a little bit of help. I see what's going on over there in Tampa Bay. I want to be here. Get me a little bit of help. We are very close to getting over the top here. That's all I need. I mean, you're over there talking about two minutes. You're talking about two. Oh, I was. Years. De- I mean, look, look. I was That's devastated nothing. for the rest two of the minutes. I, I mean, was. It, no, 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 no. I'm yeah. just saying. I laid on my back in my ki- on my kitchen dude, floor. That's probably I dirty. Got, I, I, I was more mad at you yesterday about a Saints thing, and they weren't even playing because every time I saw that mother, every time I saw Bill Vinovich's face yesterday in that AFC Championship game, my blood pressure rose. And, and my wife's like, what, like, why are you you said about the goal? I'm like, no, it's that guy right there. I swear <laughs> to God. And that no, was look, over two years ago. Look, look, and Greg's I'm, like, guys, I'm, trust me. I'm very upset. For two minutes, I'm very upset. I was devastated. No, no, no. I was devastated for the rest of the day. I barely could watch the second game. For, I had to write the article on it. For six hours, I was devastated. Meanwhile, Saints fans, over two years later, every time we saw that can't say I'm about to get in trouble with what I want to say on the air. I swear to God, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. He didn't make it. wasn't his call to make. Don't. You should be mad about the other official who did not make that call. Who's that? The, the, was right in front of all him. His whole, he, he set the standard. You shouldn't. I mean, you're, 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 you, have no, you have no reason to be mad at Bill Vinovich. Um, <laughs> no, no reason. He didn't, it wasn't in his jurisdiction. He Don't couldn't make that, that call. Don't do that. He said afterwards, oh, we, we, did, we did the right thing. Didn't see anything. 100%. Didn't see, didn't see anything. Uh, apparently, um, nobody saw anything on that play. Uh, Odd Stafford's on the Saints out of 10%. Yeah, I don't see it very. I, I mean, think. 
I you got, get, you I have Jameis Winston. You no, 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 you no, wouldn't look, have to give up. Doesn't matter if they a first if, round if, pick. If, if it's if it's as simple as a first for Stafford, I think they would find a way to do it. And I know that Schefter put out there that's the asking price. Thing is, you don't think Indy would give up a first for Stafford? You don't think there are other teams like there are a lot of teams that'll give up more than just a first that don't have all the cap issues the Saints have. And oh well, Dan Campbell was just you know in New Orleans. Yeah, you think he wants to go help a team in the NFC? Sure, the relationship's there, but it's not like he's like, well, now that I'm here, I'm just going to bend over and take a bad deal to help out a team I used to coach Doesn't for. sound That doesn't sound like Dan Campbell after his press conference. It was, it was amazing. It was weird. It was awesome. It was strange. I love it. It was strange. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would put it at 10%. The excitement's there. I would do it if it's 28th pick for Stafford. Just, yeah, you're gonna, you're, it's going to hurt. And you're going to lose a lot of key play. But he's 32. If you could do it, do it. But no, I don't think the Saints are. I would put them like I would probably put like six teams before yeah. the Saints in yeah. terms of the odds of getting them. All right, let's head back to the phone lines. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Hello. Gee, I'm uh, nothing personal, man. But um, you couldn't leave Lafayette with your team in the Super Bowl. So, man, it was uh, yeah, it was fitting that uh, the Packers lost. Uh, since you've been here since when seventeen two thousand seventeen. Yep. So the Saints didn't make a Super Bowl, and I can't have you, you know, the way you used to be on the air, saying you was a Saints fan, even though you root for an NFC team. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. Like I said, nothing personal. So I, I just couldn't see you go out leaving Lafayette with a victory. So um, <laughs> congratulations to um, Tampa Bay, even though um, I'm not a fan of Brady per se, but um, I don't know how kind of happy for Atlanta Fournette. Speaking of that, man, what that touchdown run, what were you on your back screaming in the kitchen after that touchdown run? Yeah, that what was, uh, that, that one hurt a little bit. That one hurt a little bit. They had him stood up and then, you know, nobody decided to tackle minus one into six. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was tough. That yeah. was a good run by Leonard Fournette. He's played well in these postseason. You have three LSU running backs in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Scott, who was that? Uh, I think that was a, I don't know. If that was a corner safety whitehead. Um, He's a that, that was a crazy play. You saw that he injured himself. Yeah, flipping uh, Jamal master, Williams. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like I said, man, I, I, I was over for two yesterday. I, I I thought the Packers were going to win that game. I'm wow. Um, a, t- a home team actually playing a game in the Super Bowl. You know, just the whole only the Tom Brady in a year, in a year only of COVID. Tom Brady. Though is what is what. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. like, and it's the Bucks. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's, it's it's finally happening, but everything around it is so weird and odd that it doesn't have like, you know, it just it doesn't it doesn't feel the way that many thought it would feel if it ever happened. So it's just, I guess, it's fitting that in this odd, strange season that it happens for the first time ever, and it's. The Bucks in the COVID year with Tom Brunderback. You know, like there's nothing. When you thought for years, man, will the home team ever do it? You know, you're thinking, could it be? Could it be the Saints? Could it be the Falcons? Could it be the Cardinals? Could it be the Dolphins? I, I don't know. I mean, I could it be? I guess. I guess you're even asking, could it be the Bucks? I suppose, but you're not thinking of it like like this. You're thinking, man, all these fans would be in the stands and. They're going to buy up all the tickets because they don't have to travel, and it's going to be 
this ruck is going to be impossible. I don't. They're going to play into the whole thing like this is like a home game for the Bucks, and I suppose there'll be some, you know, comfortability in terms of I guess being. I don't even know if they get to use their own locker room. They might have to switch it. They probably will, but I don't know who would be quote the designated home team. Uh, I think it swaps out each year. So there's there's just too much. There's too many odd things about it to feel like it's that crazy thing we thought would never happen is finally happening because all kind of crazy stuff has happened this year. So when it finally did happen, it just doesn't, yeah. to me anyway, it doesn't feel like a big deal. Yeah. Like you said, man, uh, with it being COVID, I guess you're right. It's not a big deal, but Scott, you're right, man. Uh, I remember <laughs> going into the 2001 season thinking, Oh yeah, Saints are going to do Saints it. Saints might have a chance. <laughs> and then, and then the the game got moved it's back. Tom Brady, right, right. And the game got moved back a week because of nine uh, eleven. So they were like, "Holy bleep! Super Bowl's going to happen right before March. It's going to be Mardi Gras week. Hmm. The city's going to be as crazy as it's ever been." And you know, and the Saints uh, just you know finished seven and nine, and Brady takes over late in the season for a playoff team no one was taking serious. I think they started like. Maybe one in three that year, and uh, and then they ended up winning a Super Bowl. And Brady was what twenty two, and here we are, still talking about all him these years later, twenty years later. And Scott, you no, know, that was a point. That was the only, that was the only same game I missed um, during that a, a, a good ten fifteen year period was uh, the same play the Patriots in oh one they lost. Uh, I think that that game was uh, I think that was Bayou Classic weekend. I went to Bayou Classic that week. That weekend and um, wasn't able to uh, watch the game, but I think uh, they played the Patriots that weekend, and uh, that's all I remember. Um, I, I'll be honest; I don't even I don't even remember that game, and I remember most of these games. I remember that. Yeah, game it was that uh, like I said, that game was in Foxborough I in two thousand and one. Are you sure? Look it up. All right, hey, I, I believe you. I believe I'm you. mistaken. All right, no, no, I'm, I'm, I don't know. No, no, don't believe me. Look it up. Because, like <laughs> I said, I, I didn't look it up. I'm just going by memory. All right, thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate the well wishes. Yeah, they went to New England and lost uh, 34-17. to I remember a lot of games about that season, too. The week before, they beat Indy at the Dome. I was there. Ricky Williams had a big game that game. Ricky, run, Ricky, run. Um, But a week later, gosh, why don't I remember this game? Antoine Smith, 41-yard pass from Tom Brady, Troy Brown, Charles Johnson. It was 20 to nothing. Saints scored some points later in the game. It's probably why you don't remember it. I, man, very insignificant. But like it's, I, you know how many insignificant games I remember. I don't remember anything about this game and because probably because Tom Brady has to do with it. You've just pushed it so far. Not away a from single thing. It's a sack and a half in that game. Yes, that's right. That's the big doggy. And Tampa will be the home team in this game. The Chiefs were the home game uh, team last year. Okay, so they get to use their locker room and Yay. practice and don't have to Yay. travel. I think the travel part of it, I mean, the fact that typically you're in a city for over a week by the time you play. Um, Kansas, I mean, the Chiefs aren't traveling until two days before the game. It's crazy. So there will be some aspects of it that feel like a road game for Kansas City as Mm -hmm. opposed to a neutral site because, you know, Tampa doesn't have to travel and all that. But I don't know. Wouldn't that make it feel too... Is there a worry that you're like you want it? You, it feels too much like a, a routine week whenever it's the Super Bowl of all games. Well, I mean that's just the the, the day and age that we live in right now. It's just I mean it's, we've been doing it all year. It's a weird year, as you mentioned. It, it, 
it makes sense that Tom Brady is the first one not only to have a Super Bowl in his home stadium, but... but it's, bu- it's like, it's crazy to think his home stadium. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the pirate ship. Let's, that's what you think of when you think the of the pirate, pirate ship. ship. You think of Tom Brady. Now you do. He's got the. He's got. He's already the touchdown leader in Bucks history in playoff history. That's wild. Him. He he leads obviously the Patriots and now the Bucks in one postseason run. I hate that man. Sean King and Brad Johnson just couldn't throw a few more. <laughs> I think the point sounds like you, you're sounds like you're rooting for the Chiefs. Oh, big in, time. In Thirteen days. Big time. Big time rooting for the Chiefs. I don't want it. I don't want the Bucs to win a Super Bowl. Hell I don't want them to have no. two Super Bowls. You Hell kidding me? No. I don't want Tom Brady to have seven. I don't want the Bucs to have another one. It's all bad, man. It's all bad. See? Yeah, he's getting closer to that ledge, you guys. Bad. He's getting closer to the ledge. <sighs> don't go anywhere. It's ESPN fourteen twenty, ESPN fourteen twenty dot com and the ESPN fourteen twenty app. Let's take a quick time out when we come back. A little bit on the Bills-Chiefs game. Not a ton to break down there, but once again, the Buffalo, the, how would you say? The Buffield goal Bills. <laughs> I tried. See, like, I tried. That really didn't make sense to I me. That was, that was more head-scratching than the Packers one, to be honest with you. Don't go anywhere. More on that. Cajuns get the sweep as well. Dustin Poirier. Ooh. What a moment. What a moment. I've All never right. bought in a fight, but that was the first one I bought. Here is the 1980s Philadelphia Eagles players rapping about Buddy Ryan. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open at Think Tank. Scott Prather, Greg Leonard, all of you. Phone lines are open, 269-1077. You can email me, scott at ESPN1420.com. You can tweet the show at ESPN1420. Bills. Mafia. The Buffield Goals Bills. It's a stretch, but it's also a stretch for McDermott to think let me take three from two yards out, three yards out in a game where points are going to be at a premium because we're playing the Chiefs. You got to have it. If you if you don't get like it's one of those things where if you don't get it, it's like, are we really better off with a field goal here? Like how much how much more? It, it's not just the difference in four points. It's the momentum. It's it's your team knowing it's still a one possession game. 
It's moment in time. It's knowing that Mahomes is on the other side. When you look at Tampa Bay, they are Bruce Arians just aggressive as hell all the time. We're gonna go for it. Going like of the four teams yesterday, fourth and four from what the forty six before halftime with thirteen seconds left. Would any of the other teams have gone for it there? Kansas City probably would have. I could see Andy Reid being. I mean, dude, they went for it on fourth and one with Chad Henney with the championship with the. I I think I think Matt Lafleur would have gone for it there. To be the guy very who kicked, honest, the, who kicked to be the very field goal honest with you, yes. from fourth and goal yes. from the yeah yes. I don't I don't he, I don't he, know. well you haven't watched this team all year he would have gone for that it made sense to go for it in, in the moment I'm th- sitting there and I'm thinking before 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 they sent out the the, the the offense to to go for it I was thinking when they were sending the punt you and I was like why don't they just go for this it's fourth and four there's what eight seconds to go or not not at that point there wasn't eight seconds to go there was there was like 30 seconds or something like that Green Bay had timeouts yeah like, so you why not go up, for because it because you could be giving up three oh, if no, you no, give no, the no. ball back to a good quarterback and you lose momentum no I thought it was a, I thought it, it was paid smart. off in a major way I thought it was smart I think I think I I just I don't know that anyone else would have <clears> done it but I know Buffalo wouldn't have <laughs> and when you get inside and it's 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 goal to go situations. And earlier on that drive, they went for it, the first field goal, they went for it on fourth and three from like their own forty. So now you're all the way down two yards away from Pater and you're not gonna go for it when you got Josh Allen who can look, the play breaks down, he can do some things. And um I think you just as the underdog on the road, you have to go for it there. And you just keep settling for field goals over and over and over. And you can't trade. You can't beat the Chiefs with field goals. Is that fair to say? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Can't do it. I, I was. I was. Uh, can't do it. And uh, I was expecting a closer game from the Bills. I pick. I. I, I picked the Chiefs to win. I also picked the Packers yeah. to win. But I thought that 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 AFC title game would be closer. And um, it just once you got to late in the third quarter, and you're still settling for field goals, it just felt like this is all over. This is done. You know, I, Buffalo gave it a good run. I know they're positive about their future, but you don't know when you get back. I mean, just the fact that it was so close to being Buffalo and Cleveland. Oh, I know. And now the Chiefs are back in there. They've got Patrick Mahomes. I don't. I think they're an early favorite, even though they're the quote road team, if you want to call them that. Um, and they might be going for back to backs. If he, if Reed isn't aggressive, if if he doesn't go for it with Chad Henney. On you know third and thirteen and letting him run or fourth and one like I just I feel like it's not always going to work it's going to backfire sometimes but the biggest difference between Andy Reid now versus Andy Reid in Philly is how aggressive he is. You have to play to win. You can't play not to lose. And he used to be the guy that followed the chart that always kind of went the conservative route that struggled with the concept of time and it cost. The Eagles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, they were a great team, but year in, year out. And in Kansas City, it feels like the opposite of that. Um, and I right mean, now, I don't know if that will run out for one of these teams, but you're getting two ultra-aggressive teams that are probably both going to be thinking the same thing. Maybe Tampa might be a little bit of in, in, different in their approach because I think their defense is their strength and not their their offense or their quarterback play as of now, even though they've got some talent. But... That doesn't seem like something Bruce Arians is going to do. Seems like he's kind of set the tone this year. Like, okay, we're just we're going to be aggressive. We're yeah. going gonna to go here. Yeah. And now these teams are in the Super Bowl. And I think one of the other problems for the Bills is they they can't run the football. 
I mean, that is a team that has literally no run. When I see TJ Yeldon getting some run out there, that's a problem. Josh Allen is your leading rusher. That's a big problem. You are asking Josh Allen to be your hero. And, and you know, it kind of reminds me of the Packers from back in the day of you are asking Aaron Rodgers to do everything, to be so perfect. And I feel like the Buffalo Bills, it's starting to trend that way. That Josh Allen is so good that they're asking him to do so much and he has to be so good. They got some really good receivers. Well, the Packers had good receivers back in the day as well. So, I mean, it's it to me, it feels like the same thing. You know, but but Josh is more mobile than Aaron was in his prime, and he had some semblance of a running game. Josh has nothing. Do they think really think Zach Moss is going to be the future? Is Devin Singletary? It doesn't seem like Devin Singletary in two years is going to be the guy. They improve that. They back in it next year. They back. I mean, they went thirteen. Oh yeah, and three yeah, yeah. No, no, I think they'll be back in it. They went 13 I just thirteen and three. They it wasn't like they were just. They've got to improve they the, the offensive line. I get that the Browns won sure. eleven games, but it was kind of like boy, Cleveland got in week seventeen. <clears throat> yeah, it it felt like I buy more into Buffalo's future. hundred percent right now. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. I I one hundred percent agree with you. They they have to get a better offensive line, and I think that'll help them run the football, and that'll that'll help alleviate some of the pressure on Josh Allen. Because as I mentioned, I didn't watch, I didn't sit there and, and watch all of this game. I couldn't do it, but I watched some of it. And from what I saw, Josh Allen was moving around and, and running for his life. It seemed like every single snap. And at that point, well, it's it's the same thing. You you mentioned kicking the field goals and you, you continually get behind a really good offensive team, then you pigeonhole yourself to saying, okay, well, we only have, can throw the football at this point because we're trying to catch up, we're trying to make up points, and then the, the pass rushers for the Kansas City Chiefs, Frank Clark, everybody can just go, and that's exactly what they did. ESPN1420.com. <clears throat> Here's an email. Jay says, what if both teams don't have enough players to field a team due to COVID? Will the NFL teams co-champions like the Sunbelt Conference? <laughs> <laughs> if Keith Gill was in charge, maybe. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, it's, it, I mean, the, the, the knock on the Sunbelt and, and, and the decision is, is funny. But, what, but let's, let's actually unpack that for a second. What if they did have a, somewhat of an outbreak and you've got multiple players on one team or both teams? If one team can't field five or six players, they're still playing the game, right? Yeah. What if it's Brady or Mahomes, though? The Superdome, even though it's not the the event with everyone being all in the city at the same time like it usually is, still seems a little more difficult to move on the fly rather at this late in the game rather than just, you know, a regular season game. Like, are you going to be like, oh, let's play the Super Bowl on a Wednesday? I was just going to say, would they? you think they would move it back like a Tuesday? There's no way. If they had to move it, I think they'd move It'd it be back a, week? a whole week. Yeah, but probably. At that probably. point, then you're keeping them there longer. What if the outbreak continues? Because yeah. now it's like, oh, well, no. Well, if they outbreak, then they're probably not, they'd probably not have flown to Tampa Bay at that point. What if I mean they're my guess is they'll probably do a round of tests that mm-hmm. morning. The morning they leave. Yep. What if it all happens when they get there and suddenly they've all been on a plane together? Just just put it out there. I know. And what if it happens to Tampa late? I mean, because they're not traveling. They're yep. just there. What if it happens to the Bucks and not the Chiefs? You most fly the Chiefs uh, back and you under wait. the radar storyline right now. What it, what will COVID have on the Super Bowl? Not so much we know, like they're still gonna have 22,500 people in the stands. Now, 7,500 of them will be 
first responders. From, yeah, first responders who have already gotten the vaccine. Pretty and cool. And then, then you're distributing a small amount of tickets to players. So, I mean, the, the actual amount of fans there, it's not going to be. To begin with, I mean, I've been to a Super Bowl. It's such a corporate event. Have you? You don't. I went to the Saints-Colts Super Bowl. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that my about mom, it. My mom and I went, yeah. No kidding. But it was such a. Um, That's incredible, dude. It was incredible. Wow. It's there. There are some hardcore fans there, but it's not fifty-fifty. This, that. It's more like I don't know. It was probably thirty, twenty, and then the rest. The other half is just you know rich people in corporate America and suites and people that are just kind of in it to be at the Super Bowl, but yeah. not actually a fan of either team. So it, it's a very different feeling than like a championship, a conference championship game. This is going to be the oddest feeling ever. So, you know, good when the, for Tampa for playing in their own stadium, but it's it's not going to be that. Now, if 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 it was a normal year, I do think because of the secondary market, a hardcore fan base would just actually spend the money. A lot of rich people. I mean, I remember meeting people like on the way to the game, and you're just like, oh yeah, no, we just go to the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> like, are you rooting for someone? Nah, we're Texans nah. fans, just kind of whatever. I remember that. I'm like, good for you. Yeah, cool. Glad you were making this for your whole life. Like they didn't even seem like they were even excited to be going. Oh, They're like, "Yeah, gosh. we like to go to the game each year, you know, whatever." I'm like, "That's insane." It's a Super Bowl, man. Yeah. <laughs> now, was the NFC Championship game when the Saints did they beat they beat Minnesota in the Superdome? Mm-hmm. So you were there for that? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, that was magical. Yeah, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, Minnesota's won every other playoff game against the Saints, but guess what? That was that the, was one, the one. See, like if this Eric- is not Detroit, man, this is the Super Bowl. <laughs> The way the way I was thinking, and this is me being super positive again. You might hate this, Josh. You might hate this also. But I hate it. If there's any NFC Championship game that I'm glad Aaron Rodgers has won, I'm glad it was the one that I was at. If it ends up being that way, I'm glad the only one he he's won. Experience it. Oh, it was inc- dude, most incredible weekend. Uh, one of the most incredible weekends I've ever had. Now that game was played where in Chicago. Yeah, I was. Freezing! It was so cold, so cold. How much did the Bears hate Aaron Rodgers? Oh, so much, so much. Matt Stafford Gosh, to the Bears got, next year. Got so such so many such good seats at that game too. Stafford to the Bears possibly? No, they're going to stick with Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> they're yeah. going to stick with Mitchell Trubisky. No, they're not. They're, and the Lions are not going to trade him to the Bears. Let's be They're not gonna. They're not gonna trade him. In Dan Campbell might not be the smartest man, but he ain't gonna do that. Dan Campbell, whose first practice as interim coach of the Dolphins was let's run the Oklahoma drill. <laughs> Matt Patricia, his first practice as head coach of the Lions, let's run the Oklahoma drill. Marty Mordenweg, early practice for the Lions. Let's run the Oklahoma drill. We're all, all three of us, we're not into coach speak. We're into being tough and saying things that aren't, you're not going to care about, but let's say it anyway. It's the Lions, bro. I mean, I, it, good for you for having a fun press conference, Dan. Let's better just, than coach speak. Just, better than just, coach speak. Just be glad it's. That's where you can be positive. You're not a Lions fan. That's how you can be positive. No, I love it. I love that these teams in the uh, NFC North continually just bite themselves in, in their own kneecaps. In their own kneecaps. <laughs> there it is. There it is. ESPN1420.com. The 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show coming One more, up. baby. Cajun sweep, men and women. 
Shout out to them for that. Yeah. Talked to both coaches Saturday after yeah. the games. Dig into that. Early Super Bowl betting odds. Nobody cares. Did Michael Thomas throw shade at Drew Brees yesterday? Uh-oh. You can get an early start Uh-oh. on that. Go over to the ESPN 1420 app or ESPN1420.com to read about it. We'll tell you everything that went down. It's all coming your way next hour. Don't go anywhere. ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. I'm Scott Prather. Greg Larnard is in the house. He's with us for just a few more days. He is heading off to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where he will continue his work in sports radio. It's been great having him here the last three and a half years. What's, uh, what are you going to miss most about Lafayette, Louisiana, in this area. You, Scott. That's obvious. You. What are you going to miss? Norm. Lane. Now, see, now Everybody. And no, I'm just going to miss the people, man. Just like getting an opportunity to, to, to work with uh, you and a, and a bunch of really good people in this building and, and just in this community, man. I Since I made the announcement a week ago, I've just received so many nice messages and emails and tweets and texts and people talking to me in person when we went out the other night it was it's just been very humbling and even you know calls you know Kyle one of the most argumentative callers that we have on this radio station when he found out I was leaving he actually said something nice to me which I was not at all anticipating but I appreciate him for it and it and it makes you feel like okay you know, you you never know how many people are listening or who's listening or whatnot. And it's nice to know that, hey, look, people appreciated the hard work that you put in day in and day out. Um, and, and, and this area has really embraced somebody who is different, who didn't have all of the knowledge that you or the stinking genius or Jay Walker has, you know, and, and I had to kind of play catch up. And I did my best to try to learn on the fly and ingratiate myself within this area. And I just, I feel very grateful that, People had welcomed me with open arms because they could have easily. This guy sounds different. He looks different. He he acts different. Like he's talking about our teams. What does he know about our teams? And they really embraced me. And I I think that I, I'm going to miss that the most. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Well, you embrace the area, so that always helps, right? You embrace South Louisiana. Isn't that what they say about Cajun country? If you embrace it. They embrace New you. Orleans, South Louisiana, Lafayette, Kitty, and all of it. If you love it, it'll love you back. Yes, exactly. And I really, truly love this area. It will always, and I'm not just saying this, hold a place in my heart. I now have a, a football team that I can root for, a college team that I can truly root for. Because before I got down here, dude, I, I really didn't have a, a college football team that I really rooted for and cared about. UConn football, they stink. You know, I was a UConn fan, but... They might not even have a football team for much Yeah, long. exactly. Who cares? Dan Orlovsky, eh, whatever, you know, from UConn football. I don't care. He's great at, at analyzing football, but, dude, you went to UConn. Anyways, you know, I have a team that I can root for, not only in football, but 
I'll continue to, to to follow them in basketball, as you mentioned, as we continue to get in. You know, they had a nice weekend this past weekend. And, uh, and baseball and softball as well. Well, the Cajuns do have a player once again in the Super Bowl from a practice squad standpoint. Elijah McGuire this year kind of was on a number of rosters. So he, he won a ring last year with Kansas City on the practice squad. He was on the on the uh, the Cowboys to start the season practice squad. Then he was on the Ew. Dolphins active roster. Then he got signed to the Chiefs practice squad on December 22nd after the Elair injury and kind of late in the season. So he's on the practice squad right now. So he's he's got a chance to get another ring. Uh, Cyril Grayson, who uh, used to be a Saint, used to be a track star at LSU, he's on the practice squad for Tampa Bay. And then you've got a lot of other players with some Louisiana ties. I mean, Leonard Fournette, Kevin Minter, Devin White, all LSU alums on Tampa Bay. And the backup quarterback's Ryan Griffin. Um, he played at Tulane, was on the Saints roster briefly before Tampa Bay signed him a few years ago, and now he's the primary backup. And then for Kansas City, you got Elaire, you got Matthew, Darrell Williams, and then Sneed, the DB, played at Louisiana Tech. So there is um, a lot of Louisiana flavor in the Super Bowl in 13 days. Love it, man. Good for the good for the state of Louisiana. A lot of good stuff here. All right, so. Early lines here. Um, Kansas City is uh, minus three right now. Um, they've won 12 of their last 13 games straight up. Sunday was the first time they covered this postseason, and it was the first time they had not covered the spread in nine straight games until yesterday. Um, and that was part of the reason why I said Kansas City will win, but I think it's going to be close. They've only covered twice in their last 10 games. They don't care about that. Betters might. Yeah. What I what I read into that G was that I felt like Kansas City, who I picked to go to the Super Bowl this year before the season, was really good, but the perception of them was was maybe they were a little stronger than they were because obviously the betting it's not necessarily who they think is going to win, it's where's the money going. Yeah. And if they're constantly not covering the spread, but the spread's still high, it tells you the public feels like Kansas City is going to run away with Big it. Time. And yet, you know. Yesterday was about as good as as we've seen him look in a while. Eric Fisher tore his Achilles. He ain't playing. Yeah. And you're going up against Tampa loss. Bay. Oh, it's a huge, huge loss. loss. And then the Bucks and what they do in terms of rushing the quarterback and their defense, yep. that is a major, major loss for Kansas City as, as they're getting ready to go to their second straight Super Bowl. Chiefs minus three. What do you make of this early line? I, I, uh, I like it. I, I think... As you mentioned, the Eric Fisher loss is is huge. It's not it it's it's not too big like you were just talking about. I think Kansas City can cover this. I think you know right now, just thinking about it on a Monday after the NFC and AFC Championship games, I would think that they they win by four or five is what I'm thinking. I I think so the I think line might even cover. move down some because Tampa's plus three right now. But as I said, they're Kansas City's two and eight against the spread in their last ten. Tampa is six and one against the spread over that same stretch. They've had some pushes. I, I think with the trends, I could see more, and the fact that it's in Tampa and all, I could see. Now the Super Bowl is weird in that it it is bet on more than any other sporting event. So what that does is it 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 makes the line a little. If it was a regular season game. 
a lot of early money would probably come in on Tampa Bay Bay and the line would drop a little because it's the Super Bowl. Money's going to be coming in from everywhere, from you know, from the Sharks to the common man to all of that. So I don't know. I, I don't know where this line goes from here. Do I, you like it? I think it's – it's, I would have guessed – to the line I would have guessed. Um, I might have said three and a half, maybe three. I think the yeah. over-under is 57. But I think it makes sense. And I'm not a professional handicapper, but – if I if you had said guess the line, I probably would have said Kansas City minus three. I don't I, I don't see the way Tampa's defense is playing and um and all the other intangibles and the loss of Eric Fisher. I figured Kansas City would be favored. They're favored in like every game. Yeah. Will they win though? I think so. Is it going to be a good game? Uh, it's maybe just my heart talking. Is it going to be a good game? I hope you would think so. They're the best two teams in the. I actually in the don't league. mind if it's not if it's a Kansas City. If they, exactly. If they run yeah, over my. Yeah, I actually yeah. wouldn't mind. That no. typically good game in the Super Bowl, yeah. but in this instance, I I, I think I think it is going to be a close one though. Mahomes late or Brady late? One of them has the ball late. Who's got the better chance to get it done? Mahomes. Okay. I think Tom has has shown a little bit of. Chinks in the armor, if you will. In certain instances, I think that Kansas City defense is is pretty good. Not great. It's obviously not as good as Tampa Bay, but I think it's pretty good. I give it to Mahomes. ESPN He's more dynamic. 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN1420 app. Scott Prather, Greg Larnard coming at you here on a Monday. 269-1077-1077. You can uh, tweet us as well at ESPN1420. I've added quite a bit of breakdown of Championship Sunday. A um, little bit about Matt Stafford, among other things. Uh, Raging Cajuns in hoops will visit with Bob Marlin and Gary Broadhead tomorrow on the show. Gary Broadhead squad in action again tonight against Little Rock. 5-15 pregame, 5-30 tip. They're playing one of the two games that were postponed a few weeks ago uh, due to COVID-19. Sorry, we got a short show today. After... After splitting the games each weekend up to this point, for the the and, and look, the Bob Marlin's team is actually atop the Sun Belt West right now. Um, he said last week, you know, the first, as soon as we can not split, one, the, as soon as teams start winning, you know, both games in a series, which is really hard to do when you're playing, you know, less than 24 hours apart, you can kind of start to separate yourself. Now the West is still very, very close together and, and there's not much separation right now. It's a single game. This is um it was it was it was big for them. It was big for them to get the win. It was big for them to do it the way they did. It was big for Jacoby Gordon on Saturday, his confidence level to um, you know, his conditioning being what it is now compared to what it was. I mean Malik I think Cedric Russell said after the game, you know, with COVID and everything else that happened, we weren't able to, you know, a lot of new teammates. Technically, they're second in the Sun Belt West. Okay, well that would, just wanted to. Throw but the that time up. they won, who's on? Who's at first? Texas State. They're okay. five and one. Cajuns right. five and three. Five and three. All right. A, a conf- conference record? Yes. Okay. My bad. All right. So they're second. 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 Maybe I'm thinking of. Am I thinking of the women? I'm thinking of the. My bad. I'm thinking of the, of Gary Broadhead's squad. I think they might be first in the West. Double check that for me. I got you. Maybe I'm just completely had the women in my mind. I got you. Women on my mind. <laughs> you clearly had the men on your mind. Um, let me check because I why I don't know why I have that in my head. I'm thinking of the women. They're atop the Sun Belt West. There you go. My bad. Thank you for correcting mm-hmm. me. 
That's what I'm I wrote, here for. I wrote the women's story on Saturday, not the men's story. So, um, But, yes, thank you for being my ombudsman there. Either way, um, when you have a, a, a new roster, a lot of new pieces, and you don't have the typical camp and really off-season and everything else that goes into it in terms of tra- – it would make sense that they might start gelling later in the season, and there's, you know, they're going to be getting more players back as time goes on. I think, I think you're going to see better basketball from Bob Marlin's squad, and I think we saw really good basketball from Gary Broadhead's squad. The second frame of conference play than the first frame, for that reason, G. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, you're absolutely right about that. It's uh, it's tough when when you don't play for three weeks, you know, and as you just alluded to, that you. Uh, You've got you don't have the the normal prep time, and then you you play a couple of weekends, and then you're off for three weeks because of COVID. Other teams get it, not you. You continue to work, and maybe maybe it was a bit of a blessing in disguise that that happened. Maybe it gave them a little bit of time to work on some things that maybe they they would have worked on before the season that maybe they didn't get an opportunity to. Yeah, but now you got a tough task of playing three games in four days yeah. all on the road. So. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'll ask Gary Bright of that tonight after the show. We'll find out. In the meantime, ESPN 1420.com, 269-1077. Let's head to the phone lines. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott. That's Greg. Good morning. Good morning. Yo. Um, I, good morning. Uh, what you think about the comment that that um, that uh, Michael Thomas made? Well, I'm glad you did that. And, uh, that's, that's, that's a good that's a good segue because we teased this. So let's dig into it now. So first of all, Greg, did, do you know what I'm referencing or no? No, I saw you put it up on the website. Right. So well, let gonna, me, let me look. No, before you look at it, I want to give it to you cold. Just okay, so give see it to how you cold. see how you feel in the moment. Okay. All right. Following a 50-yard touchdown pass yesterday by Rogers to your boy Valdez Scantling, Thomas tweeted. If a DB know the QB can't throw deep, they're going to play aggressive underneath with safety help over the top. Okay. Two minutes later, he tweeted, anyone can cover you if you're running a shallow cross all day. Just play underneath. They're not throwing over your head. Breeze's arm strength has been criticized by many the last few years. Um, And while the criticism is – Somewhat warranted. It's not like he's played awful either. I mean, they've won a lot of games. They've won the NFC South. For, he started most of those games. And let's throw in there that, you know, all the reports were that Thomas probably should have had surgery early but knew this was Drew Brees' last run, didn't want to miss trying to win a Super Bowl with him. All that information. is it Was was Thomas throwing shade at Brees there? Was he just – was he intentionally throwing shade? Absolutely. 100%. Was fr- he's frustrated by his noodle arm quarterback. So you saying that if the statement was true, is the way he said it or is when he said it, it where the conflict came in? I think it's both. I mean, uh, whether 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 the intent was there, I mean, there's. <laughs> I mean, he's just frustrated. Whether, whether the intent was there, it's you're 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 knocking him. Okay, yeah. but um, was the intent because he was you know because he gets into it with you know other DBs and other he gets into it with anyone on social media. He's always got a chip on. His was shoulder. he getting into it? Where was he trying to send a message to someone else and unintentionally threw Breeze under the bus, or was he just literally like, man, I got to get this off my chest and and I and, and I'm I'm upset about Breeze. I think it's I think it's a lot of everything. I think it's a lot of hey, I'm upset with you know the way that the offense is being run. I'm upset that. 
you know, I can't go deep more and people only think of me as the slant master. Slant master flex. The slant god is what uh, god. Malcolm Jenkins and yeah. CJ GJ were calling him in practice and then he punched him. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that the, the statement is true, but it's just when he said it. Because we, you know, the Saints is a team, so we win as a team and we lose as a team. Well, I appreciate There's your call, man. Here's your coach speak. I mean, here here's what I think. I think that I think that Michael Thomas. There's this idea that he didn't like Drew Brees. I don't. I don't. I don't buy that. No. I think that. I think that Thomas uh, and Drew. I mean, I think Drew has a lot to do with how much success Thomas has had early in his career. I think they, there's a lot of respect there. I think that Thomas gets bothered by any slight, any perception, and he lets it impact him. Fester. And I think he's. I think the message was more because everyone calling me this and that. Let me remind him of what I'm dealing with. I don't think he's like. Man, I'm so PO to Drew right now. Let me tweet this after watching that touchdown. Like, I don't think what he's saying, but he's like, let me remind everybody what I have to deal with since they're all dogging me. And boy, it'd be nice to like. I don't think he's like, man, I'm mad that Drew Brees is my quarterback and not Aaron Rodgers. So let me let me put this out there right now. Oh, he's still, throwing a subliminal still, shot. Still throwing shade, but it's more a response to. People. Dealing with his own insecurities with people getting yeah. at him online yeah, or other yeah, yeah. DBs because he just, you know, and I, I've said, and I won't back off of it. I mean, he's he's an incredible talent. And everybody, I think, not everyone, many are forgetting that based on what unfolded this past season. Um, he's an incredible talent. And I think that he's insecure. And I've said that for years. And I've had people that cover the Saints. They're like, ah, I wouldn't say that. I'm like, I mean... Maybe it's part of what makes him great it's because it drives him. I'm telling you, dude, he's Christian, he's Christian Bale. It's like he's Christian Bale. The things that make him great as an actor are also the things that get him in trouble on the set. Really? Absolutely. I, did, I don't know. I don't. I don't know in what you're referencing. Christian Bale. He didn't work on the set of Ocean's Eight with me. So very, very intense. You know, there was an, a, a clip years ago in their form. You know, filming the Terminator movie of him just like just going berserk on like a crew member or one of the, one of the, like maybe the assistant director. And and so that he's so intense and so dedicated to his craft that when somebody, when he feels like someone is not or challenging him, might get him a little trouble on the set. But mm-hmm. I think everyone would agree he's a really good actor now. Mm-hmm. And every now and then he'll be in a movie that, that bombs not often in this year was a box office bomb for Michael Thomas. It was not, one of the successful blockbusters. It was not one of the successful performances. It was not the boxer. It was not Batman Begins. It no, was... this is this is like uh, minor, like uh, major league my, heading to the minor leagues oh or something gosh. like that. Major league, you can pull a major thing. Well, the, the, the I key, know that's your favorite movie. We got We got to. This is more like um, I know major league is your favorite movie. Exodus, Gods and Kings, right? Because that was one that the Sandlot too. That was one that Christian Bale was in. It had a big budget. Thomas highest paid receiver. It did not do well. But before that, he was in American Hustle. That was pretty good. He got nominated, did some stuff. You know, shortly after the Exodus Bad movie, man. he did the big short. You know, he's 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 done some he's done some things. He's done some things. But Michael Thomas is Christian Bale. That's what he is. We just don't judge actors by a many don't judge actors by their behavior <laughs> away from, you know, how they perform their work they just like their movies you know 
used to be like that in athletics. Well, I like when you play good. I don't like you when you play bad. But now there's such a added. I guess one of the walls was torn down with social media for some athletes that don't mind or want to put themselves out there. And uh, so it's a little different now than maybe it used to be. Anyway, I don't know why I'm rambling. I went deep into this metaphor. You really did. You got you, you to, got you into to, it. I just let you go. You need to try to pull me out of this, Greg. That's you're, you're, no, right. no. you're the ombudsman this morning. You know, you pushing me off the ledge. I'm gonna just let you hang yourself on this ramble. Hang myself. You're the one. You're the one that positive after your team just lost in agonizing fashion. I'm trying to look at it more positively than, um, than doom and gloom. Like I want to kill myself. Carl don't do that. has emailed this Scott at ESPN1420.com. He said, Scott, I heard you guys reading out the. Louisiana ties for players in the Super Bowl to play college ball. Any Saints ties? Yeah. Um, we mentioned Ryan Griffin. He used to be on the Saints. Cameron Brait and Cyril Grayson were briefly on the Saints. Cameron Brait was on the Saints briefly. Um, Alex Okafor, of course, with Keith. And uh, Patrick. He got into a little scuffle yesterday. Josh Allen was frustrated and yeah. you know, threw the ball at his face. Allen shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have done it. I mean, you know, I get the the, the – Buffalo's O lineman came to. How dumb is offsetting I penalties? We just literally just gonna How ask dumb. you that. I get offsetting if it's if it's one on one, four on one, <laughs> and they're gonna all offset. That's, that's another thing. That's another thing the NFL has to look at. That's yeah, it's ridiculous. But it's not like that all the time. I guess if it's, it's all after the whistle, but like, it's not. Uh, it, it, that that is that is so stupid, man. Four versus one, we're all gonna offset. After the whistle. Played in, and, none of it happened. Fourth and 30. So Forget about it. That's your boy Big Bill Vinovich telling us about that. Don't, don't bring up his name oh, again. Billy V. I swear every time I saw his face, <laughs> I got so mad. I mean, I don't I don't curse often, especially in my house, but my kids were like briefly in the other room, and he came Son onto the screen. Oh, no, it was far worse than that. And my wife heard me, she like, looked up. She's like, what? I'm like, that guy. That hate that guy. What is going on? I'm like, two years ago. Is your wife not a big football fan? No, 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 not really. I mean, she no, she's not. Okay, not she doesn't hate it. I mean, she understands that. You know, I, let me tell you something, bro. When you got a five, three, and one year old that are very active, and it's like about to watch the Saints for three hours, it's not a. I can understand why a wife's like, "Oh, cool, great. <laughs> oh, I got to be with the kids for for three That's, hours. That, uh, awesome." I'm sure they're just going to sit here well behaved yes. and don't need any and no so, attention. No, but I but also I'm a very active father, so you you try to. It's it's a hard juggle. I like when the Saints play at night, which it's kind of a double edged sword now that I'm on in the morning because I figure I'll be up late Oof. with some of the post game stuff. But I also know like, bro, the whole second half I will actually just I'll just get to watch this game in peace. Like I. It's gonna be great. Like I don't get to do that. I could not have been around young children. You don't. You don't. No, bro. I mean, you don't. It's you. You. you but you. I'm you, sure the young children above me. You say, that live above me. Heard me. You say and, you can't do things, and then if if you you just you find a way, find a way, man. Oh no, no. I'm just saying, like, it would not have been good if young. I if I if there were young children no, around I me, I would mean. not have right. acted the way that I did. But right. since there were not. I was free to act oh, yeah. any way that I wanted oh, yeah. to, even though the people above me and next to me on the other side probably heard every yeah. single whatever. Word. They can deal with it. Yes, is that, is I'm they, only here for they, three more days. They 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 moved in next to you, bro. That's the problem. They can deal with it. Hey. You're not. You're 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 in your own residence, mm-hmm. and it's agonizing middle of the over afternoon your favorite on a team. 
Yes. And defending your coach for some reason for kicking a field goal in that situation. I don't I don't lo- understand the logic behind it. You would doubted I, Aaron Rodgers. Would you would, You doubted Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Ask me the question if I would rather have them had them go for it on fourth down or kick the field goal. Yeah, but right now it's you have the luxury of right now you have the luxury of hindsight. In the moment where you Saying, I want. I thought. I just thought they were going to go. I didn't Wait. even think the field goal was an okay. option. All but right. then when it happened, I'm like, "Damn, so, this so, sucks." Okay, but I get right. it. There it is. So in the moment, you were like, "This isn't the right move." Yeah. Right. I'm okay. like, I wish they would have gone for it, but I'm like, okay, well, now I'm trying to logicalize. Okay, why? Why is he doing this? And and I can make sense of it, but I wouldn't have done it myself. How upset were you when they threw that flag late? I don't even know if I can put it into words that are FCC regulated. Because that's the, the in that moment the game is over. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. I didn't. I mean, I just listened to over. the rest of it. I couldn't watch. The game is over. It. It's a kneel down at that point. Like there is nothing. It's not. Well, we'll have the ball with a few seconds left. It is all. Well, I mean, if they would have stopped them, they would have added with a couple of seconds yeah, left. Yeah, 80, 100. The game was over though. Yeah. I mean, you, oh, was, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, no, I knew it. I knew it. And I'm like, it doesn't even matter if they get the football back again with 10 seconds or whatever. It's it's over. And they really didn't throw those all day. They let them be physic- like phys- more physical than that, weren't rewarding flopping. And, then and that was that moment, ball even catchable? In that moment with everything there, no, no, probably not. Not the way the guy flopped. I just at first when I saw it, I literally yelled, "Their legs just got tangled. Their legs just got tangled." Obviously, that's not what happened, but in the moment, it looked that's what it looked like to me. It looked like they got away with it, and the flag came in late. Oh, super oh, late! But he has his hand super on his late. hip. All right, well, if that's been a a pi all game, then I'm fine with it. Then bring it that's on. okay. I I completely understand if that's the way you've been calling the game, but it's literally like if you're playing baseball. And you got a guy that's not calling the outside corner all day, and then all of a sudden, in the bottom of the ninth, with two outs and runners at second and third, and you're down one, he calls one borderline on the outside corner. That is, that's literally the same thing, and he hadn't been calling that all game long, but he decided in that moment, I'm going to call this. That's how bad it is, and you, if that's as players and as athletes, the only thing we can we can ask for from officials is to be consistent. If you are consistent the way you're calling a game, I can adjust. It's like that. It's it's the same mindset of of an umpire. Unless now, look, if he tack, if it was clear and obvious. Oh, if he like it just ma- if taking you're his play, legs out. If you're letting him play the whole game, but then at the end, like there's just a a, a you know basically assault. <laughs> yes, like what happened with uh, Nickel right, right. If there's assault, then yeah. I don't care how much you'd let him play. This yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think everyone understands the context here, and that's why it's like... Was that a flag? Should they have thrown a flag on that? Yesterday? Absolutely not. No, no. It, by the book, is that is that a flag? It's know. probably a flag. I don't know. You know, by the by the book. But right, if he, that's he had, a, his hand, he had his hand on his in real time when you see it, he has his hand on his hip for a quarter of a second. And but the guy he, I thought he pulled the jersey a little bit. Yeah. But again, it's it's not a lot by the. I think by the definition of the rule, it probably is. But again, there were other plays within the game that's that just, hadn't been called. That's just an out for the officials. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an out for the officials. It was a it was a lousy way to end it. And, it was. Uh, it was a lousy way to end a very good game. That it happened to the pack. All right. It doesn't matter now because you're leaving in two days. Three. 
Three days. Jeez. And we're going to miss you. Get me out of here. He's really trying to push if me off the ledge. That was the Saints against the Packers. Did they throw that flag? Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers was the one throwing the ball and it was the Saints on defense, we know they would have thrown the flag. But Brady, Bucks, does that have anything to do with it? I'm not buying into the conspiracy theory. Not a conspiracy. Not a conspiracy. It is all conspiracy. No. Yes. If it's if it's in an official's head, this is Brady and 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 the Bucks and and Brady comes and tells the official, hey, they're getting handsy. Please watch out for that. Watch out for that. He's on them the whole game. And are they baby paying? Are they just a little more, a little more quick on the trigger? No, no, I'm not buying into that. So if that was Blake Bortles throwing the ball, they're still throwing the flag. Sure. All right. They shouldn't have thrown the flag. No, they shouldn't have. But I don't. I'm not buying into the conspiracy theories. I've been heavy against it all year. I'm not going to start now. I don't Just think it was. It went against my team. I don't think it was a good flag because all game it felt like they had set a standard in terms of what was allowed. You can look to one of Tampa's interceptions. You can look to uh, one of the non PIs earlier. You know, like it. It. It didn't. Add up Infinite. to everything else. It's just like an umpire with a strike zone. All right, that's going to be a ball today, or that's gonna, that's fine. As long as it's like that in the ninth, we're good. Yeah. You change the strike zone late in the game just because. Well, it's a bigger moment. Well, now you've done it wrong, right? I mean, you're you're a referee in basketball. You calling the fouls the same in the first quarter as in the last minute? You try to. You try to. We don't see we don't see officials do it that often. Though. No. Why? As much as players get tense in the final moments of games, does the same thing happen to yeah, a lot of referees? I think and so, officials? absolutely, because you're anticipating things and things you're get overthinking a, it almost. Things right? get well; it's just like things get more chaotic, and the crowd is a little bit crazier, and the coaches are a little bit more nuts, and and things like that. And and what you have to do as an official is just try to slow yourself down. Just don't try to anticipate. And sometimes we get caught anticipating things. We get caught anticipating a contact or something like that. Just call what you see. It's but it's it goes both ways. Like, okay, they're looking for this, so I don't want to bail them out. Or they're trying to go for this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking really close. It's like you can't you're just you're overthinking it, right? Yeah. yeah. Just call the damn game. Just call the damn game. Call what you see. Try not to worry about what the crowd has to say and what the other coaches have to say, just call what you see. Just call what you slow yourself. That's always what they tell you. Just slow yourself down. Try to slow the game down. Everything's going to be chaotic. Everything's going to be happening very fast. Slow the game down. ESPN1420.com. Scott Prather, Greg Larner. We're going to take a time out here. More in the Saints front office, possibly bouncing, leaving. Is it the most overlooked aspect of a Saints offseason that's already off to a rough start? I say yes. Oh, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. We'll give you the latest news on someone else that's likely leaving. Don't go anywhere. ESP at 1420.com. I'm Scott. That's G. We're back after this. Now you see me. Now you don't. You think you will. No, you won't. Six wide receivers. They got the names of Joe, but I made them all the leaves. I go up, guys, all around. Who's got the ball when we hit
game's over before it starts. Keep Jackson tight. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back in to the great Scott Show, the great sports callers, open think tank. Scott Prather, Greg Larnard. G's doing okay on a Monday after the Packers were eliminated. Or had to be leaving Lafayette or that the Packers lost? Probably, probably the Packers losing. To be honest with you, if I'm very honest, because I mean, you you don't have a, it's hard to get to that that point, as you know. Yeah, but they could they could be back there. They could. You're absolutely right. But it's uh, man, it's just you had you felt why Packers do you hate, Nation. Why do, you, why do you hate everybody? Felt here? so why do you hate so good so about much? this team? Why do you hate us? Felt so good about this team because uh, you're trying to push me off the edge. <laughs> you just want me to jump. I don't just want embrace you. the suck, embrace the miserable. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to to get to get over it. Oh, um, trust me, I I tried to embrace it. I was trying to yesterday, but you know, for me, I, I think just the way that I've changed over the last year, and yeah, like like Roger said, it in the moment, and yeah, I I mean, I felt gutted by uh, the amount of of uh, that I love that I had for this team. And how well they were playing together, but you know, uh, as I mentioned in the first hour, that if I look at where I was this time last year compared to where I am this time this year, whether it be with this team or in my life, I just feel like I'm in a much better place, and I feel like this team has progressed over the last year, and I love the 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 the, the momentum that we have going forward, and I think that. As a young coach, Matt LaFleur is learning, and I think he'll go back and look at that call on fourth down and say, you know what? I probably didn't make the right call there. I have to let my future Hall of Fame quarterback go out there, and, and that's the sword that I live and die on. That's probably what he he has to go back and look at. And and if he can reevaluate himself, I was proud of the fact that they, again, did not get blown out in a big game because that is one of the major questions I had coming into this game was – if they, if they get down big, can they mount a comeback? Can they get back into a football game? And I told myself, okay, they're not going to get back into this football game just on offense. Things need to change defensively as well. And as we've mentioned, Jair came up with a couple of big picks. That was huge. And now they couldn't capitalize on it, but they hit the Bucks off the off the scoreboard as well. And that helped. But it also doesn't help that you can't capitalize on that momentum. You said you're proud of the fact that they didn't get blown out. Yes, because that was something that that was a that was a knock for me on Matt Lafleur over the last couple of years that he's been the head coach. That when things went bad, he could not adjust. But things were going bad. They were down eighteen, and I'm sitting there at halftime, and I'm like, if they don't make some plays on defense, they're not going to win this football game, and they're going to get blown out yet again. I think you got to aim, got to aim your goals higher than that. Your expectations shouldn't be. I'm just proud that we got didn't get blown out. Look. I, I believe That's what in you say when you're like a bad team. I believe or, in a process. I believe in taking steps forward. I don't think things have to be one way or the other. I think you can look at something positively and take steps and look at the progress moving forward. Did we get to our ultimate goal? Did we get to the Super Bowl? No. And does it suck? Absolutely. As Aaron said, I feel gutted. I feel the same way. Same because you had a you had an opportunity. Said his future is uncertain. Yeah, he's just emotional in the moment right now. Matt LaFleur, I'll play it on my my show later, but Matt LaFleur was very adamant that Aaron Rodgers will be back. Why wouldn't he be? He's not going to say anything else. Well, he could have been a little noncommittal, but he looked, when somebody asked him that question, 
he looked up from the the question. He was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Of course, he's going to do that. He's absolutely going to be our quarterback next year. He will. I think he's just trying to put some more pressure on. Exactly. Every window, and I love it. Do it while the window's good. There. Put the pressure on him. Because he, he's shown that he can st- clearly still play. If there were any question about that, because I understand that peop- some people had some questions after the 2019 season. But now there's no questions. Let's go get this man some help, whether it be offensively, defensively, whatever it may be. Get Mike Pet- Petten up out of the paint and get somebody in there who's not going to call man coverage with eight seconds to go at the end of the half. It was awful. That, I, when we opened up at 7 o'clock, I said that was... Biggest play of the game. Focus is on the field goal and the the P.I. call, but those are secondary in terms of biggest plays of the game. The biggest sequence was going forward on fourth down, then an incompletion, then a touchdown. How? To Scotty Miller. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. Kevin King, dude. Um, Jeff Duncan, on another note, uh, reported this morning that it looks like Terry Fontenot, who's leaving the Saints for the Falcons, Ew. Wants to bring Kai Hartley with him, who's Saints VP of Football Administration. Oh boy, Saints are working to keep him. Hartley's been a big role in terms of negotiating contracts, and he's also been a big, big part of the salary cap equation. Everyone talks about Mickey Loomis math and and how they get under it, all this stuff, and it's obviously worth noting that the Saints are over a hundred million over the projected cap for next year, and the offseason hasn't even begun yet. Hartley's been a big part of that. Now Loomis is, you know, he's the GM, so he's going to get the credit or the or the blame one way or the other. I'll tell you something, Fontenot, t- Fontenot knows what he's doing. He's going to Atlanta, and he's like, I want to take some with me that's going to hurt y'all even more. The uh, Saints right now, they're thinking about Breeze's successor or, or Michael Thomas throwing shade on Twitter or who can, how can they get under the cap and who's going to be back? And Joe Lombardi not, leaving, and and will Matt Stafford somehow be traded here or Deshaun Watt? And all this energy, and that's all fine and dandy. All of these pl- coaches and, and guys in the front office leaving the Saints right now. I don't think we're going to be able to formulate the kind of impact it's going to have, or even next year with like if a team is struggling, if the Saints are getting beat on a Sunday. Like I don't think. Fans or myself will be like, well, think about all the all the losses they had in the front office and in the coaching staff last year. So it's it's in the moment and even in the future, it's not going to be a focus. And I can't equate just how big of an impact it, it it's going to have, but a negative impact will be felt by the franchise. It's being felt right now. Look, we're losing somebody. I know the impact it has on this station, and Saints losing all these guys. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Yeah, it is. And uh, I think it's a great point by you that, that not a lot of people are talking about and taking into consideration. But the front office is is huge. And and honestly, dude, the, you know it better than anybody. I, I think the front front office for the Saints has done a really good job, especially over these last four years. Bringing in different pieces, making good draft picks, making, for the most part, good decisions. And they've built this team up to one of the best in the National Football League. Now, you know, over the last couple of years, they've got unlucky. You know, the Minnesota miracle, the push-off that wasn't called in the end zone against uh, against the Vikings as well, the terrible call in the NFC Championship game. That's the one, if that. Yeah, I know. I know. As but, I've gotten older, I, I'm able to <laughs> not approach sports the way I did when I was younger. 
Like, I mean, I was dogging you earlier. It's a healthy approach to not let it, you know, ruin your life one way or another. Or oh, something. it sucks. There's no doubt about no it. Question, no, no question. No question. But doubt. like, you know, as I've gotten older and obviously with kids and stuff, it's like, it's, it's, and you you got you 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 focus more on the human element of the game, and it's not just this thing played by robots for your entertainment. I mean, it's a lot deeper than that. Um, but I'll never get over two years ago. But everything else, yeah, you you, you move on, you deal with it, and it's life. It's yeah, I mean, it's look, if if you're a, if a fan of a sports team, you understand heartbreak. And everybody, a lot of people on these, you know, listening, you know, they they look at the Packers, and a lot of people will say, look, they get every call, the league, this, that, and the other thing. But you think back about some of the heartbreaking calls that I've had to deal with in the playoffs and and, and things like that. It's been and not just calls, but moments. It's not about the officials. It's more about just moments in the playoffs. I think we've all had moments in the playoffs where things didn't go our way, and and it's just gut wrenching. I mean, I think back about that 2014 playoff game. In Seattle, in the NFC Championship game, all you have to do is feel the goddamn onside kick. And Brandon Bostic goes up there and tries to make a play instead of letting the ball go to Jordy Nelson. I mean, come on, man. And then you get the dagger in overtime and Mike McCarthy running the ball into the teeth of the defense three times and punting it. Oh, what a terrible, terrible call. Well, It's it's tough, man. It's it's never easy, and it it sucks. And look, I'm, I'm trying to be more positive person just for my own well-being but there's no doubt about it it sucks espn1420.com so now being a fan is hard tom brady's back in yay you know remember david boston you remember the receiver yes yes i remember david boston he's younger than tom brady (laughs) does that surprise me deuce mcallister younger than our boy ron dane LeVar Arrington. Well, these are all guys that play different positions. Obviously, Joey you know, Harrington. If you're a quarterback or a kicker, you can Michael, play forever. Michael Vick. Michael Vick's younger than yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah, but he was predicated on running the football, and his legs obviously didn't hold up. ESPN 1420.com. Tom right. Brady's a statue back there. And I read the stat last week that when Tom Brady gets pressured and gets sacked more than one time a game, he gets sacked more than one time a game, they generally lose. How many times did he get sacked yesterday? One time. That's it. In wins, he only gets sacked one time. Losses, he gets sacked multiple times. And the, and the Packers just couldn't put pressure on him. They could not put any pressure on him. And that was the big pro- That was the big problem in the game. And I can I was sitting there watching, and I'm thinking, Mike, would you bring some goddamn pressure, hey, please? Hey. Please it's, bring it's, some pressure. Watch the language, Greg. Come on. It's a family program. Man. You can't use that word. G-darn pressure. I'm having to hit the, the dump button here. Gonna knock us off the stream. It's gonna <laughs> send us to national programming when you use that kind of language. Sorry. Um, all right, let's end on a positive note. Oh, now you want to be positive. Now you want to. I do want to end on a. Positive now that note. I'm being negative, you want to. You want to go positive. I, I mean, Dustin Poirier knocked out oh. Conor McGregor. Oh, oh yeah. Made him a meme. Yes. A sleeping meme, and uh, seeing Daniel Cormier and and Joe and everyone's reaction in the moment to when it happened. That was just a work the calf, work the calf, six, seven, eight hit combo, and boom. I mean, he put him to sleep with his fist, not with a chokehold. UFC, they love when a main event ends with a knockout. They got it. Now, it wasn't from the the money-making guy that is the big, you know, at this point, some are arguing former, but – He's a draw. McGregor's a draw. I mean, his purse was six mil. Poirier's is one mil, and Poirier beat him. But what a moment for Dustin. 
hands down, biggest of his career, knocks out McGregor, should be the champ. He tweeted this morning, uncrowned champ. It feels weird that he's not the featherweight yeah. champ, but you know it's coming in his future. Lightweight. And um, just a lightweight. Just a, That was freaking awesome. It was. It was pretty cool. Like that I, was freaking awesome. Like I mentioned, I've never bought in a fight before. But I just figured, you know, Lafayette, and I love you. Always just go to someone else's house, to exactly. Which is yeah. smart. I mean, I do, I tried to do. The I same told thing. you, I told you uh, the the first time I the first weekend I was here was the was the McGregor Mayweather fight, and I went to Michaels. That was the first time I had ever gone anywhere in Lafayette, and the first place I went was to Michaels. I hadn't even met you yet. Yeah. No, no, you you hadn't even met me yet. And I, you know, I just I knew one person that used to work down and here from New York City. After hanging out with me three and a half years later, he's watching it alone oh. in his house. No, no, I was not alone. Okay, I was not alone. Had a had a friend there. Uh, did your friend chime in, or did did your friend just mooch off of you? What do you mean? Did they did they help? You out mean pitch in? The, yeah, pitch in. Oh well, he's gonna help, he's helping me move. So like I, that, I was like, nah, dude, I I got it, got it, I got it. Got so it, it yeah, we, and he's my videographer, so he's done you know a lot of things for me. Video that was so great, man. The uncrowned UFC 155-pound world champion, Dustin Poirier. Uh, what a moment for him. Been an underdog his whole life. And I know that between him and D.C., who's now retired, I mean, Cormier had more success in the octagon in terms of championships and, and whatnot. But Poirier now has really – I mean, that was, his, that was his biggest moment. I don't know what comes next, but this guy has grinded – this guy has fought nonstop for these moments, and he lives here. I mean, Cormier is from here, but Poirier, when he's not training, he lives here. I went and I golfed with Gavin Bourgeois, former Cajun baseball player, last week. He he said I rehabbed with him. Yeah, he see this is where he lives. He hangs yeah. out here, and he, you know, the big thing from all of this is the Good Fight Foundation that he and his wife, the charity they wanted to start, and something that he has harped on all the way, really since. Back in October, when him and McGregor started exchanging barbs on Twitter about a fight, McGregor, I want to fight. You know, I want to. We'll do it for charity. I want it to be in doubt. Basically, McGregor puts it out there, and eventually, UFC takes the hook, and they're like, "Well, if y'all are going to have this fight, we're going to have it under our umbrella." And and it just long path to get to what happened Saturday. But the big thing that comes out of it is McGregor said, "No matter what, I'll donate. You know, half a mil to your charity." Um, or I'll make a big donation to your charity. And he said it all the way throughout the fight. He was asked about it. He continued to tell Dustin, tell the public, I'm going to do it. I'm going to write a check. So Poirier just raised a bunch of money, brought more attention to the foundation, and won the fight for the biggest moment of his career. And he like he wants a, a gym here that focuses on you know MMA and he said to get kids off the street, to get them doing something where they can focus their energy on like a passion did. that I have, absolutely. And, you know, part of the involvement and how you'll get to keep coming is improve grades in school. I mean, just... That's really cool. He has this whole, really I mean, cool. giving back to the community, living in the community. Like, I know all the Lafayette in this area was really proud on Saturday night and really happy for him in that moment. That absolutely. Was, that was just... That was terrific for everybody. I love how they pumped up the foundation. I love how they pumped up Lafayette. Like usually, when a fighter wins, like they don't talk about their hometown and stuff like that. But it didn't. It helped to have Cormier on the on oh, the call. Lafayette, Louisiana was all Big over time. that broadcast. Big right? time, dude. It was so cool, and it was just such a just a fun way to kind of you know again bringing it back to me. Cool way for me to go out <laughs> um, to 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 be like, man, I'm I'm in Lafayette, and 
this is a, a place that's been my home for the last three and a half years. And the fact that this guy is from Lafayette doing these type of things, not only in the octagon, but, but otherwise. And man, it was, it was pretty fun. And I know we got to wrap up here, but I, I, I wanted to, to say this to you while we were on the airwaves, man, I, I can't thank you enough for giving me an opportunity, a Yankee from way up North who had never done this on a consistent basis before. You know, I'd, you know, it, it done online shows and things like that, but for you to you guys here, you specifically, because you're the first one I talked to, and then the town people in Town Square Media, man, and then you've given me these, this opportunity over the last three and a half years. It's really, it's literally been a dream come true, and I can't thank you enough for for trusting in me, believing in me, giving this me this opportunity, mm-hmm. and allowing to springboard my career. I wouldn't be the person I am without you guys. I wouldn't be where I am in my career getting this other opportunity if it weren't for you guys. And I, I want you to know that I don't take that for granted. At well, all. well, I appreciate it, man. It's nice of you to say you've earned it. You know, you've, um, it was, we, we interviewed a lot of people, you know, years ago, but as we got into it deeper, the choice became pretty obvious. That Mets fans, you're right. Yeah. That, yeah. that <laughs> people make that joke a lot. That had nothing to do with it, but, um, uh, but it was a, a, just a cool thing we could share outside of, you know, the station. But um, but no, man, you've been great, and uh, obviously we're sorry to see you go. But we wish you nothing but the best, and rooting for you. And um, you know, don't forget us. Don't forget about us in Cajun country. Never will, never will, man. I, I've said this before that that I'm now an officially an honorary Cajun. I've got Cajun in my blood, Cajun in my heart, and uh, it's only not. Uh, I definitely will be back. And um, let us know when you come visit, man. I absolutely will. Um, I I expect to be able to come on these airwaves whenever I f- see fit. Um, whenever, whenever. I mean, you're whenever, <laughs> whenever I dang well please, yeah. you will make space for me. <laughs> no, it would be great to come back and visit with you guys at, at some point. Because, absolutely, uh, man. It would be. Uh, it would be. Absolutely. A, this is a place where I mean, I got my start, and it's been it's been huge for me. It's been great, uh, and he's not done yet. He's got uh, word with G this afternoon till five fifteen, and then Tuesday, and then Wednesday will be his uh, his final show. So everybody, listen in. And uh, give Greg the the proper Cajun send off, you know. If anyone wants to bring him a king cake, I know he won't turn it down. Um, what, what's the? Uh, I don't know if I can say it on the air, but you know, there's uh, there is one place that I feel like I need to get a king cake from. There's a lot of places. Let's be honest. If someone brings you a king cake, you're gonna eat it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna <laughs> eat all of it, but I will have a piece of it for sure. Don't go anywhere uh, uh, beyond the game with Steve Pelicans. Coming your way next, listen to Greg this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Word with G on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com.